Hello from sunny Austin, Texas, and welcome to the Healthcare Soothsayer podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Bonnie Clipper, and yes, I'm a nurse. I have worked for more than 30 years as a nurse, chief nurse executive, innovation strategist, and speaker. I have taken the message of Nursing Innovation International and look forward to continuing this message to transform health. This podcast will bring you thought leaders and ideas that you may not have otherwise heard from. Enjoy the show. Today, I have with me Dr. Faisal Abul Anin, professor at Walden University College of Nursing. Faisal, thanks so much for being here with me today. Thank you so much, uh, Bonnie. I really appreciate the time and opportunity. Absolutely. It's my pleasure. And let's talk a little bit about the space that you're in and what you see coming down the road. And specifically, I would love to get your perspective on what you think nursing is going to look like and how we're going to evolve over the next 10, 15, 20 years. What an excellent and important question, I think, for all of us in nursing, whether it's education, clinical practice, and research, I think it all ties together. At the end of the day, it's about patients and the experiences of patients. To your point or to your question about what is around the corner, you know, I have been giving that question thought, and it's something that it's, it's, first of all, it's going to require a mentality shift amongst us as nurses to be thinking much more differently uh, than the way we've been doing things in terms of practice. But I think one of the things, one of the major, major issue or subject that we must confront, address, integrate, incorporate, immerse, I'm using a lot of these words, is, is data science, data analytics, AI, actionable data. You've heard this thrown so many ways and so many forms, and we're actually bombarded with so many platforms and dashboards. However, what I see is that being a much more robust, much more, just like to give you an example, when you're in the hospital, in the patient's room, what is the thing we always do? We take vitals. Remember, remember that? <laughs> well, this is going to be something like that, where data, I mean, we already do it in the sense of the electronic medical record, but it's going to look much more differently than what we see today. And I think that's a good thing. But I have a fear. I have a very great worry that nursing will how can I put this, not want to embrace that change. And unfortunately, stakeholders are actually looking to us. They want us. And I speak us as in the general term of profession at the table to want to engage in this subject because they know nursing is critical to any size healthcare organization. 
so so data science is is sort of the big broad brush but it touches on so many different aspects now i think i should in fairness say something else this is not i'm not advocating that we become it people i'm not advocating that we become data research scientists although there's certainly an avenue there perhaps with the ninr at the federal level maybe what i'm at what i'm what i'm envisioning or sort of you know to your question about around the corner is nurses comfortable just like we're comfortable taking blood pressure pulse doing an assessment you know the good bread and butter that we've been taught <laughs> back in the days so, well this is going to be added to your sort of list of things that you're comfortable doing just like you don't think about yeah, understanding. So, Faisal, I love where you're going. I want to I want to pause here and unpack that. Mm. When nurses hear they're going to add something to their already crazy and undoable load, really, this is a huge trade-off, right? Because as you're talking about data and inputs, it's only because we haven't made the capital investments in our organizations that nurses or CNAs or PCTs are actually still human beings taking vital signs, period. It all can be done electronically, automatically. The technology exists. It actually can interface with our EMRs. It already exists. So the fact that we actually have people going through these extraordinarily droll but essential manual tasks is kind of crazy in and of itself. So when we talk about adding something to their list, really, this is a trade-off. No one should have to do the set of vitals on 50 patients on a unit anymore, right? Now, there are times that, of course, as humans, you're going to want to double check or assess a patient standing right there doing a set of vitals and taking a look and using your critical thinking skills. But generally speaking, the trade-off is that human beings shouldn't be doing vital signs, but rather they could actually spend that time assessing, evaluating, analyzing this data, these inputs that you're talking about. Agreed. I, I totally agree. And, and where I was going with this line of thought is for most nurses or new graduates or people that come out of school and they go to work at a hospital, most of this is pushed on you externally because your employer expects these things. And certainly within your time in onboarding and orientation. But what I'm really hitting on is the dire need for reform in curriculum within nursing education to address those components. Because most of these nurses, well, certainly generationally speaking, they may, you know, and again, I'm generalizing here. They may be a bit more tech savvy than my generation, but what I see in my experiences on both sides of higher education from a university, having been having worked at hospitals here in Houston for 20 plus years in various roles, is this complete, utter disconnect specific to data science, 
Now, someone might propose, well, what are you asking us to do, Faisal? Throw a course in there? No. That's actually uh, counterintuitive, counterproductive. It'll hurt us. It needs a complete reform of the curriculum altogether. What I'm actually saying is to take, for example, something like a bed change. Remember when we used to learn how to do bed, bed changes or making a bed? Why does that have to still be in the curriculum? To give you an example, uh, we still teach to this day, to 2021, making mitered corners on bed, on, on bed sheets when most of these beds are fitted sheets. Well, I get ostracized and criticized for raising the question of why we're still teaching this. And I will never, oh, go ahead. Well, you know what, you make me laugh because that seems like such an old school thing. And certainly you're, you're dating us in our nursing education because that was a huge emphasis on making hospital <laughs> corners. But why waste precious time and capacity on teaching a skill like that when we should invest it in something else? Exactly. And, the, and, the, and that is my point to towards moving us in, in really understanding how data science applies and is critical to nurses. Because I do agree, it doesn't require a human interface, although, you know, like you said, we may need events and episodes where it does, you know, the, the human has to step in to conduct those vital signs. But all of this can all be done you know, through uh, electronics, and it's there, it's there. It's just that what I'm saying is we need to push this much more, much earlier than just facing or having these nurses be faced with this when they first graduate out of nursing school, and now they're being thrusted into all these different venues. Now, one may argue, well, what you're advocating, Faisal, possibly is an extension of the curriculum. Should we prolong the duration of nursing school? I don't know. I, I mean, I don't know. I, obviously, you can't fit everything in the current curriculum that's set uh, by various accrediting bodies. But I can tell you most educators are not really willing to change. And, and that, I, I think that's, that's my fear or that's my concern down the line or in the future is, is, is the mentality is we, the requirement to be open and receptive to thinking differently is a must. It's so, so needed. So and, how do we change that, Faisal? How do we help people get on board? I mean, well, you, you talked about demographics, and certainly we saw a flip in 2016 where we went from a boomer-heavy workforce to a millennial-heavy nursing workforce. And I don't know whether the same kind of thing is happening in academia, but we have to get towards transformation very quickly. So how do we make that happen? Well, I think healthcare, like everything, uh, is a local event, but there really are two answers to your question. Let me take the first one. The first is look at the city we're in. I mean, I'm in Houston, Texas. We're in a great mecca of healthcare expertise at the Texas Medical Center. 
yes, there are partnerships between some of the schools, but there really are they really are not talking to each other in a way that seems really seamless. There is a school just down the road, not even road, it's you could see the building right there at the nursing school, the School of Bioinformatics. Yes, we have a few courses cross-listed, but that's not going to cut it. There there needs to be more incentives added to people's duties or institutional goals. Uh, and I know some are working towards that. And I realize these things do take time. But I think we need more of that. Move other things off your plate and really focus on that. Because so far, I just see lip service and cosmetics. Let me ask you a question about that. Are you seeing exemplars in the Houston area or in other areas that can actually be leaders in that space? I do see a few exemplars in the early stages of adopting, for example. And and you see, this is a question of also sustainability because you need someone to sort of lead the charge and continue that charge, which goes back to sort of succession planning. But about 10 years ago, there were elements of, of, of leading the charge, wanting to be courageous, wanting to take some risks, which I guess is what this discussion is all about, is willing to take risks. And I'm not sure within the confines of our structures today, these risks are incentivized. We're laden with policies and procedures that stifle risk. Maybe that is the problem. But to my second point, which I haven't talked about, and I think this is where I, re- I see traction to get education moving and leading, uh, is accreditation. So when accrediting bodies come, I think they really need to take a look at this area. And basically, I don't like to use the word forced, but hold schools accountable uh, as to what exactly are you really doing, you know, in, in the whole subject of data science? How are you preparing and how are you partnering with your stakeholders? Because at the end of the day, this is a, a workforce issue. It, it's, it's employers are going to be complaining, or maybe they are already, that they're not prepared in this aspect. So what can we do? And, and this is where I think the, the, the partnership between healthcare organizations and schools of different sizes, they need, they need to really come to sort of a strategy here. What's the strategy? Because right now we're not really operating on any framework, really. Yeah, the CCNE has some things written out there as far as the essentials are concerned. And that's all well and done. It's, it's, it's a good start, but I, it's, 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 I don't see it as good enough. I, I, and again, I'm, I, I want to reiterate, I'm not trying to p- encourage nurses to become data gurus. I, I actually don't want them to be that way. I just, what I want to see is a much more embrace to all the elements associated with data science, because, because that, that, that to me is the language that's going to, uh, uh, make or break a uh, a healthcare organization. I mean, after all, healthcare is a business. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. So have you seen any of the other disciplines uh, do a better job at adopting data science in the preparation of their um, students and future professionals? You know, that's 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 an interesting question as far as what what are the other healthcare disciplines like physical therapy, medical schools, uh, etc. As far as I can see, I think one one group that seems to and you could always say you could do better, but I, but but they they seem to take on a more leading role, and I guess that's because of the role of the physician. It are some of the medical schools in terms of training their um, uh, medical students and residents? Now, again, this is a broad generalization. I obviously can't go into you know, what each school is and is not doing. But it, I, I think in general, um, like I've seen some things uh, on, on the West Coast. It's always California, right? <laughs> um, that, that seems to, to, to take this on uh, in a much more leading way beyond just a course or two. I think in, in Texas, I, I guess the cup is half, it's half full. I mean, we're, we're kind of there. We're moving in that direction. We all, you know, it's we're all in agreement. But it's you know, kind of again, everyone's kind of doing their doing their thing or doing it their own way, which is good and bad. You know, I'm not trying to control operations, but I see the medical schools in general having a bit more leading role on that regard. Now, the other schools, I really don't know. I'm not quite sure. Uh, I mean, again, there is opportunity there because they are, after all, part of the healthcare delivery model. I actually reached out a few years ago to the School of Pharmacy at the University of Houston and got no response about this, saying I'm willing to hmm. you know, try to start something here with you guys, maybe an advisory board or a committee. I, I'm very interested in this subject because I see pharmacists play a much more leading role in the future. Mm -hmm. much more than the way we see them today. They're not just popping pills at CVS or filling prescription. They're going to be actually doing the TERFs that nurse practitioners and PAs are now doing, which I think well, is a good thing. And I think you're right about that, because if you look at this, you know, we from a from a data perspective, right, we know that we already have a shortage of, what, a million plus nurses. We know that turnover rates are accelerating right now. Good news is that we're also seeing nursing school enrollments up, so that's a huge positive. But yet yes. we're going to have to truly maximize the capacity in which every discipline and professional practices at the top of their license. So I think you're 100% spot on, and data is a huge part of pharmacists in terms of their worlds, and it will continue to grow in, in nursing as well. How are we going to help nurses get there, right? So if you had a magic wand, what can we do? How can we get people involved in this conversation to really sort of get a little bit more traction behind um, nurses getting more insofar as data sciences and learning how to apply these data principles? It's certainly going to require a multi-prong effort. Um, it, it's, it's, not gonna, it's not just a stroke of a pen or one person or one entity. I think in general, you'll have various professional associations really putting this on their 
on their scope or strategic plan, anywhere from the ANA all the way down to local chapters, Sigma Theta Tau, various functions like that. That's one. Two, engaging with companies involved in data analytics um, beyond just Epic and Cerner, which are there, but there are all, I mean, goodness, it's an alphabet soup of various companies involved in data analytics, Cisco Systems, uh, Zscaler, HubSpot. I mean, it's just all, all of these various elements to ask the question of, you know, how, how can this best, how can this best work in making healthcare a better experience for patients and families? Mm-hmm. One guy that's actually doing some real and in, interesting um, change is an Indian um, Chamath. Uh, I've been following him, uh, reading the Wall Street Journal, and he has he has a company that's I think it's called Oscar Health that has this kind of vision of of really integrating data. He seems to really uh, want to shake things up in a way that uh, so far not a lot seem to want to embrace yet but that's always like that you know you always have you know the early adopters that's that drink this immediately but then there's this lag and then it's adopted and then it's sort of everything else begins to open up but he 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 sees a great uh need within the healthcare system for reform in that in that regard so so that's that's uh, that's something that just came to my mind as I was talking about this. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, the accrediting bodies, Joint Commission, CCNE, uh, the other accrediting nursing body. Um, nursing well, board. I would see a day too, Faisal, that chief nursing officers are going to hire and say, hey, I want a data scientist or two in the nursing department on my team. I want them sitting in our meetings, our conversations with directors, managers, quality people, because they have such a completely different lens, they can say, I can get you that kind of data. Or if we collected this, it would do that for you, right? Yes. Because we don't even know what we don't know. So I think that we're yes. going to find, we're going to have to redesign our teams. We're going to have to build in a completely different skill set with different professionals that we add as well. Yes. So I, I, this is really going to be kind of an evolution for us. But you're, you're right. We have to get there and we have to get there faster. Uh, you know, your point about organizational change within um, reporting structures, I think, is very, very important and something we tend to ignore or miss. Uh, but, yeah, the role of the CNO, should he or she have someone under him or at the same level who is with who is sort of the, the chief nursing information officer? Should we have another C-suite level? Uh, I mean, we already have a CIO. But that plate's already full with all kinds of issues and burning fires that that role has to address. I, I, th- I mean, I remain open. I don't have a, I don't have a decision or an opinion about whether or not we should or shouldn't do it. But I think it's important to look at organizational structures because that could be a hindrance. Right. It's absolutely. It, I've, cer- I've certainly seen that hindrance in my lifetime in different healthcare organizations where, you know, sometimes when they've gotten flatter, uh, yes, it worked out better in terms of response, 
but the load got wider, and then they went back to creating more roles, and then we went back to right. layers. So, um, right. you know, I, I guess you know it goes back to the point of things do change, and you have to adapt according to your needs and to your budget. Mm-hmm. You know, the other piece too that I failed to mention that I think is just as important, if not more, to the C-suite are your governing boards. I mean, for God's sakes, the governing boards of these hospitals and, um, and, and universities need to hold executives on this issue. Right. And I don't think they quite are there yet. Well, that's an evolution that I think we're going to have to make in tandem, right? Mm-hmm. We're really going to have to continue to explain and educate and develop and bring people along. But I think we're running out of time that we're not able to do that anymore. I think we're there and we're going to have to find a way to build the need for data science, the need for more data, the need for this change on our executive teams, on our leadership teams. I think that you've hit an area that so often we we forget or maybe we ignore because we're not aware. So thanks for bringing this to our attention today. This has been a great discussion. Well, thank you so much for the time, Bonnie, and I really appreciate the opportunity to lay this out as food for thought for all of us, because we're all in this together. It's It does take a, a team effort to move this issue or any issue in healthcare forward. So thank you. Absolutely. It's always my pleasure, Faisal. I've always learned so much when I had dialogue with you. And where can people find you on social media? Well, uh, the best place is LinkedIn. Um, you can go to LinkedIn and um, uh, find my name there. Uh, 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 my last name, Abul Inain, uh, A-B-O-U-L hyphen E-N-E-I-N. Excellent. And thank you for sharing that. And thank you for listening today. And as always, have a great day and be well. Thanks so much for listening to Healthcare Soothsayers. I really do appreciate it. If you liked what you heard, please rate, review, and share it with your network. That is how we grow and learn. If you have ideas for show topics or guests, please reach out to me directly at ThoughtLeaderRN on Twitter. For information about this show or any of the others in the Touchpoint Media Network, please check them out at touchpoint.health. 